You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Here we are, Vox and Hops, episode number 17. I hope you all had a great week. I did. I am starting a new segment right now. I'm going to talk to you about the beer of the week, and it is uh, my favorite beer, which I drank in the past week, and uh, I am at home right now. I am not on tour, so I am in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and uh, my favorite beer that I drank this week was uh, Stutter Stout from Brasserie Matera, so that is a local brewery up here in Montreal, which is brewed at Oschlag. They are called Matera, and there it is an imperial Russian stout, which is made with coffee beans, which have been soaked in bourbon. That's right. So it is bourbon-soaked coffee beans, which they then turned into an imperial stout. It was one of my favorite beers of last year, and I was extremely excited when I saw that it came out again this year, and I picked it up right away, and I thoroughly Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it once again. So, uh, my beer of the week, Matira's Stutter Stout, which uh, translates out basically in sort of a slangy Quebecois French. It becomes a Stutter Stout, ends up being C'est tout un Stout, which means it is one hell of a stout. So, and I totally agree with them. Up today on Vox and Hops, episode number 17, I am with Julien Truchin, the barefooted singer of Benighted. Uh, we had this interview when I was in Europe on Hell Over Europe 2. We just announced earlier this week that we are in part of Hell Over North America with, guess who? Aborted, Cryptopsy, and Benighted, which, you know, Julian sings for, and Hideous Divinity. So uh, we're going to get to be all together once again, and I'm super stoked to get out there on tour and to uh, be out with these boys again. We had such a blast in Europe, and uh, you guys will see it on during this podcast that uh, Julian's just such a nice guy. I've never toured with a, a happier giant teddy bear that will just, you know, wake you up every day with hugs and, uh, you know, always making sure everyone's in a good mood. So this tour starts on March 21st in Detroit at the Sanctuary. So do not miss this. Hell over North America is going to be one hell of a tour, and you do not want to miss this. So check that all out today on Vox and Hops. I sit down with Julien Truchin, the singer of Benighted, where we talk about how at home he works as a nurse in a psychiatric hospital. And uh, we discuss how he gets inspired from his patients when he sits down to write lyrics. He does it very respectfully, of course. We talk about uh, his uh, early years growing up playing rugby and how he sees similarities between being a part of a rugby team and being in a death metal band. Uh, we also talk about the repercussions of, uh, you know, being on stage every night, not wearing earplugs. We talk about uh, his vocal technique and how he developed it. And we also talk about uh, the art of mourning past band members. So what happens? How do you handle when one of the key members of a band decides that he can't be a part of it anymore? All that and more on today's Vox and Hops episode number 17. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm here with Julien Truchin. Uh, yeah, Julien Truchin, if you pronounce Truchin. it in French. But yeah, Truchin, it, it works too. Truchin, if you're from Germany, <laughs> no problem. The singer of Benighted. Yeah. And this is uh, Vox and Hops, episode number 17. 17 already? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Today we are in uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, on the Hell Over Europe Tour Part 2. And uh, how has this tour been going for you? Well, so far this tour is just the, the tour of my life because I'm only with uh, great people, close brothers that I know for many years, new ones that I learned to, to discover during the tour and uh, everything goes so perfectly between us on stage and outside of stage. I think I couldn't dream of a better tour. Uh, it's just perfect. It's crowded every night. People are crazy in the crowd. And uh, yeah, everybody is having a lot of fun. The four bands uh, have a lot of fun on stage and uh, <laughs> at the after parties. So yeah, couldn't be better, I think. 
a perfect example of the camaraderie, you know, for the team, as Grimo would say, is oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we've had a few like late load-ins where we showed up because we had to fix uh, the wheel of the bus, and yeah. then every single person on the bus is in that trailer, loading in, building the stage, and we're all working together towards a common goal, which is... I don't want to say it's rare on tour, but I don't see it happen all the time. I think it's yeah, uh, it's heartwarming to to see how much everyone is with uh, goodwill and wants to give his best for for the team and uh, doesn't want you know to escape from the uncomfortable duties that you have sometimes in the tour. This not so funny moment to uh, to load in, load out, and when there are some problems to discuss, I think every, everyone wants to to do the best for for. All the bands and uh, and so far it could it worked just perfectly. Yeah, we're, we're it's been very 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 good. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I have it's the best European tour I've ever been on. I mentioned that with Jason before. Uh, yeah. It's just I always surprised, not surprised because it's a sick package, but how many people just keep showing up night after night after night. Yeah, no one's try to escape. You know, I've got both of my blondies, you know, my, both of my guitarists who have this funny game about uh, trying to do the less they can <laughs> in the And they made some video like uh, day four. We are in front of a trailer, and so far we didn't carry anything <laughs> because every time they try to catch something, someone goes in front of them and take it, oh, take yeah, it yeah, instead yeah, of them. Yeah. So they just stay quietly in the front. So they are here for the loading, but they're but, not doing but, much. <laughs> but we we caught we caught them, and now they have no choice but to do it. Just keep handing them stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, we do have a lot of stuff in that trailer. My God, yeah. Fortunately, yeah. we don't we don't have much because it won't fit. <laughs> Uh, is this the first tour you guys are doing with no cabs? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. how do you feel about that? Uh, actually, for me, as a singer, I really don't care because the conditions are the same for me. But uh, my guitarists were a bit afraid of that because they they never tried to play without cabs, and uh, they have this uh, old school way of uh, being on stage with the sound coming from their back. And uh, but as we as we knew, we there would be only a few space in the trailer. Uh, we talked about it when Sven asked me if. It was a problem for us as we all play on camper so we don't need cabs uh, but it could be actually uh, a good experience to try to work only with monitors on stage and also to keep a lot of space because with two drum kits on stage uh, uh, most of the nights it's way more comfortable to have to, to, to save that space for the musicians and not for cabs <laughs> <laughs> it is tight some nights but uh, tonight we are comfortable at the Poopenhessen yeah the name of the venue here in Copenhagen I believe it's that uh, probably yeah. I, I, I just read it when I arrived <laughs> I have no idea well we're very comfortable tonight uh, they're going to take good care of us and uh, you and I will have a bit more space to walk around yeah a bit <laughs> because I like to walk around it's yeah. frustrating to stay in the, at the same spot on stage uh, versus versus last night in Berlin yeah absolutely it was, we were in a very tiny club crazy yeah. show sold out of course I hope it was because it was <laughs> very very yeah. small venue but uh tight on stage extremely tight let's talk about beer oh good i've been saving this beer since uh bordeaux you don't mean bordeaux yes yes i believe it's from bordeaux i should have done my homework before it is from bordeaux it is called uh, azimut explore ipa it's an american ipa okay so it's from france 6.5 percent 65 ibu let's see what this sucker's got okay cheers cheers it smells uh fruity tangy a little bit almost and it is as well. It's it's not too too hoppy. It seems sort of like balanced. It's not like a West Coast IPA. It's not a New England IPA. It's more of like a a medley of the two. Mm-hmm. Are you an avid craft beer drinker? I love to drink beer, but unfortunately, I'm very ignorant about uh, the way to do it, and uh, I never remember the names of the beer. I mean, I play, I played rugby almost all my life, <laughs> so I let you imagine the amount of beers I drank between the the games and the concerts. <laughs> but I, I never got really, I never really dig into it and uh, try to get information from how it was made, what was the difference, and everything. Uh, uh, my bassist is a huge, huge fan of beer, and he started to make his own beer and uh, his first uh, result as his uh, homemade beer was just fantastic we were all surprised when he I think it was at Partisan when uh, we played uh, this year he brought I don't know 10 or 
15 bottles and we were like okay let's try and he, he, was, he was a bit nervous but he felt pretty confident because he tasted it before and we were very surprised because it, it could be already a beer that you could find in shop because it's really really tasty and he studied a lot about uh, what kind of uh, what uh, hops yeah absolutely you have, you have to put inside how long and everything and he built his own his own stuff at home to make his beer and it's, it's just perfect and we are very happy about it because we will have free beers for there you go <laughs> Yeah, yeah. From now, so it's, it's the only way to do it. <laughs> if I had the space, I would yeah. definitely brew. Yeah, apparently. But I yeah. live in a condo, so uh, it's oh, pretty, it's pretty okay. tight, pretty yeah. tight. Do you remember your first experiences with alcohol? Oh my god, yeah, because I started to drink very late because I was a very, very nice and uh, and uh, can I say calm teenager. So I think I started uh, the very first time I drank. Pretty much was with uh, when I was 18. And it was after a rugby training, so I was pretty tired and very thirsty. And I think I drank something like two liters and a half of beer without any experience. And I think on the way back home, I puked something like eight times. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first experience. Not that good. <laughs> But you see, uh, I, I wasn't uh, disgusted from that. As I keep, uh, keep on drinking and kept on drinking, so... <laughs> You, you mentioned that you were calm growing up. You were calm in school. You were a good kid. Uh, yeah. When did you turn to the dark side? Ah, the dark side. Well, you know, we, we all have history and the, we all have a bit of violence inside us. And from my childhood history, I have pretty much violence inside me. And actually, rugby uh, helped me a lot to deal with this violence and keep it in a good, uh, in the good direction, in something positive and uh, constructive as well. Um, and it's exactly the same for me with uh, extreme metal. Mm -hmm. It's something that helps me keep the balance from all the stress, uh, all the bad uh, uh, feelings or information you can get from the outside, how to deal with them inside and let them go out uh, in a positive way. Before you found rugby, where you tended to be violent? Actually, I had a pretty rough childhood at some point for a few years. And I think it stayed inside me because it's the kind of thing you can not totally get rid of. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I think it's a very good balance. Being IT helps me a lot to, to remain like this, always positive, always, uh, always calm, not stressed. And uh, for, for me, this kind of music is exactly like the sport I played for almost all my life. So the violence is with a code. Mm -hmm. And all the guys that are around and inside the team are just very nice guys, very, you know, wel welcoming and uh, uh, s smart people. You can, you can talk to very easily and learn a lo lo lot of stuff about uh, how they see life and everything and I, I find exactly the same kind of people in rugby that I find in metal that's very interesting exactly very interesting. the same when did you start playing rugby I started when I was 14 okay and right away you were like completely immersed in it yeah. and, and I stopped uh, four years ago because my back my back got old <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can, I'm not allowed to receive some uh, violent shock in the back anymore because both of, both of my vertebras are fixed oh boy. with time. Yeah. But I'm lucky because it's not too painful, so I'm, I'm pretty lucky about it. But I, I have to be careful anyway about uh, violent shock or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what, what was it about rugby that you just loved so much? That just Actually, I love first the team spirit. Okay. at first which I find it the same in a band as well everybody has his stuff to do without complaining <laughs> keeping his mouth shut <laughs> no one is uh, in a higher position than the other everyone has his role and is important and uh, and we have to give everything sacrifice everything we've got for the team and for a result uh, as a band as a group that's true the, the, the correlation between, yeah. between the two is very similar yeah you, you are absolutely the most positive person on this buzz I don't, that's what I heard <laughs> every day he welcomes everyone with hugs that's me I'm, I'm the hug, uh, what do you say about hugging bear <laughs> a huggy bear yeah. it's a good thing it's a nice thing to have on a bus you know because people always imagine us being what we are on stage yeah But we're not. It's, it's really absolutely not. That's very funny, and I think that's the very good thing that you that you um, you can find some uh, some documentaries or something when you see uh, uh, the, the guys from bands are in normal life or between them with two bus and they say, "Oh yeah, so they are not yeah. uh, wild beasts to <laughs> who try to to rip their guts one from the other in the two bus or something." No, no, that's very very funny to see the difference between the calm outside on stage and uh, how we can turn into animals 
uh, when we have a microphone in the end or an instrument or something. It's that therapeutic thing that uh, absolutely something that is inside of us that we have to get out. Yeah, the cathartic, uh, cathartic way to exactly to handle to, it all. Absolutely. So you started in rugby. When did the band start? Uh, the band started when I was uh, uh, because at first I had a band with uh, Olivier, my best friend. When we we created United together, maybe for. Two years we had this band, and after that, Benighted was created in 1998. So it was probably 19 okay. when it okay. started, and uh, it was just because we we found a, a, a new we found a bassist. We didn't have a bassist, and uh, it was Lim. And uh, after that, we found a new drummer and just me meeting some people at some concerts who were from bands. So, hey, let's try to do it all together. Let's find a side project together. And uh, it happened that when we were in rehearsal and started to write songs, we were like, well, it's fucking cool. And I really prefer this kind of music we are doing now that way I'm doing in my actual band. So we all decided to focus on this new project. And that's actually how it was born. Benighted, wow. Yeah. So you had two bands in your life. Yeah. That's really, really crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I, we stopped, we stopped the, the band before with Olivier because it uh, Benighted seems to be very what we wanted to do as, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. as uh, like music. But only two bands in your whole yeah, history, which is that's really, all. really crazy. Yeah. Um, what bands influenced you to pick up the mic? You were always just a singer. Did you ever play an yeah. instrument? No, no, I can play drums a bit, but not metal. It's too complicated for me. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, as singers, uh, when, I, when I discovered death metal, I fucking hated it at the first time because uh, I think I discovered death metal with a uh, tape from Cannibal Corpse, Butchered at Birth, mm -hmm. and I, uh, I bought it by mistake when I was shopping because I was passionate with horror movies and I said oh, the cover looks cool let's let's see let's what see kind what of music it, it can be and when I heard that the first time I was like what's this shit <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't understand anything my my ear was not ready at all to, to understand what was played that fast mm -hmm, and uh, mm -hmm. for me it was just like I think most of the people who are not into metal it, for me it was just a, a messy noise and uh, I remember that I made, I made it listen to my my friends and said listen to that I don't understand anything it's so strange I don't know if it's a singer or if it's a machine it's the, the sound <laughs> of the voice is strange <laughs> and then uh, listening to that several times to try to understand the point uh, my ears started to get used to it and I started to appreciate it and uh, I was curious about trying to reproduce this kind of vocal so maybe I can say Chris Barnes was my first inspira inspiration as a as a singer and uh, I tried to do my own way to do the the guttural stuff and uh, and then we created a band with Olivier and that's uh, that's how it happens just happened you were you were doing this at home or you were in at a jam room you were just trying in your bedroom uh, actually my dad had a big garage so we were able to rehearse there uh, pretty early and uh, I think we rehearsed. That's how you developed your vocals? Yeah. Was yeah. jamming? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And in my car most of the time yeah. also. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my car is my, you know, it's closed. I'm only with myself. I can try to, uh, to, to try new vocals and find some new way to use my throat because I really like to discover some new ways to... To, to do extreme voices and uh, in my vocal even if it sounds stupid I don't, I don't care because I'm alone that's <laughs> right yeah only for the people who cross my, <laughs> who cross my <laughs> path on road that's like, uh, <laughs> what is he doing in his car <laughs> uh, you do have many voices which is really interesting you, you, I'd say you at least have like three or four different yeah, voices yeah. that you play with throughout the set I don't know how much I have my, I have a, my typical death metal growl um, I, which I, it can have several level mm -hmm. considering the position of my tongue in my mouth uh, then I have this black metal voice mm -hmm. I have some black metal voice more creepy more like yeah like that and uh, my my voice the, my most powerful voice is this uh, I don't know if it's hardcore trash voice but something a bit stronger that I can make big squeal with as well it's, it's, the, it's the transition yeah it's exactly the that same voice way to push. transitions yeah. okay. it's the same way to push and I just I just change the <laughs> The letter, yeah, yeah, <laughs> instead yeah. of the A, I do an E, and yeah. <laughs> and it's it's uh, 
it's fun. I feel like you you, you have a very excellent control yeah, over all I, the voices, and you don't seem to force too hard. It seems to just no, come no. naturally. Actually, the thing is that my voice, uh, some of my voice can be very uh, much louder than uh, than some of us. But uh, for a concert, I need to be very regular mm-hmm. for not the sound guy to become crazy because of the differences of all the vocals. Mm-hmm. So I worked a lot to have everything at the same level, and uh, having good uh, a good sound in my monitors helps me a lot to to handle it and. Uh, and to make his work way easier <laughs> and also also my my way to control my voice as well yeah. as we sat down to do this interview uh, you said i'm going to come sit close to you because i'm a little bit deaf yeah so <laughs> yeah. the consequence of many years of playing absolutely, extreme yeah. music without any earplugs absolutely yeah have yeah. you tried playing with earplugs versus not and yeah. how, do, how do you feel about that i tried because everybody was yeah you it's dangerous for you, and I, I know I will have some troubles when I will be older, but like my back, <laughs> I will assume it. It's just, okay, now it's time to pay for that, and it's it's not a problem, really. Um, actually, when I tried to sing with earplugs, I feel like my head will explode because the, the guttural uh, work I do with my throat resounds in my head pretty pretty loud and we, if I, when I have earplugs it's just it's very uncomfortable for me and I, I have to I, I had to take it off that's interesting that's interesting that you're, like, you're pushing the gutter so much and it resonates all through your head it's, it's, it's like a perfect placement yeah, but it actually, means yeah. that your voice is perfectly placed where it needs to be to protect your vocal cords and everything yeah. okay yeah. perfect yeah. actually I, um, I did some tests uh, when I was younger when I was at the nurse school I think um, because uh, my parents were a bit afraid that this way of singing could hurt my vocal my mm-hmm. vocal cords. So you went to so go and then ear, nose, and throat. Doctor. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And he put it this camera, you know, that you up your nose. your nose, and that's such, such a pleasure. <laughs> and he asked me to do so. Let's go try to do your thing. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> he, so he, he told me that it was actually not the, the vocal cords where were, were, uh, that I was using to make this vibration. It was the, uh, in French, it's the fake vocal cords. False yeah, chords, false chords, yeah. in English. Yeah. That you that you have uh, above, mm-hmm. which are normally just for protection, and uh, actually told me about with these ones you can push because they are way thicker than the, mm-hmm. and you you normally can't hurt them, so it's pretty safe to to do this kind of vocals with this technique. That's very very. That means you're doing it perfectly right. Yeah, yeah. No, the thing is and that that's just from the garage to the car. Yeah, I never, I never. I never took any lessons of yeah. uh, singing or so I, like, with some some people ask me do you sing with your belly I'm like I have no idea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you must though. you I, must probably but you must comes from the diaphragm the I, support yeah, I have no idea about it <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's probably just you know in touring you guys have been touring for a long time yeah, yeah. probably I get used to it and found my, my comfort in my way of singing and without hurting myself so yeah. no, it's okay the, the band has been touring for many, many years, uh, in existence for a long time. How do you feel about uh, members' changes, and how, how do you feel about you know how people react negatively towards that? Oh yeah, but actually, when you're t- when you're in a band for such a long time, we are not professional band. I mean, we all have uh, jobs besides being united. So, uh, being united takes really a lot of time, a lot of energy, and that's why also uh, Olivier, my best friend, uh, quitted the band uh, two years ago because he told me, "Yeah, Julian, I'm exhausted. I can't I can't do that anymore." Because for years and years we only have work, concert on the weekend. We, you never have time to rest. Mm-hmm. That's the price to pay for that, and that's why also a lot of members members of United decided to stop because it it took just too much time. Uh, every time you have to change a member, of course, it's uh, it's shitty because you have to. It's always people that you appreciate, so you have to to accept uh, the fact that they won't be here anymore. And uh, we are lucky so far because every time for technical reasons, um, technical aspect, we always got uh, musicians that were better than the, the member they replaced but we are very careful about the personality of the person we, we take it the bad because United is our passion 
it's our hobby it's not uh, it's not my job and uh, I don't want to feel like if I am with uh, colleagues when, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, when mm-hmm. I'm, uh, on tour I want to feel like I am with friends with people I can have fun with, with I can share many things and that I can trust also yeah you guys laugh a lot yeah <laughs> which, which is which is nice to see yeah, yeah we are lucky about it we have a very good atmosphere in the yeah, yeah. Like a very good friendship dynamic yeah you mentioned also that when you the other night when we were talking um Uh, mourning members that left yeah and how that is can be hard and you don't actually you're not necessarily prepared for it and so how have you handled that actually i did the, I, i did it wrong last time because when olivier told me two years ago that he, he left the band i mean uh fac was already a very good friend of us and he already made session guitars for us so it was pretty logical that he took his place and i think a part of me didn't want to think too much uh, about the fact that Olivier won't be here mm-hmm. uh, in the band anymore and it uh, it got me a bit later and uh, I started to feel pretty bad about and not being able to identify immediately what could cause this sadness or something and then I realized that I never took the time to just to allow myself to be sad because Olivier wasn't in the band anymore and uh, I took this time so now I feel way better but sometimes as uh, it's very easy to to stay in the dynamic of the band you know just move forward move forward move forward don't look back move forward but the thing is that at some point the the caravan you've got in your back can be can be very very heavy and uh, tell you hey stop you have some stuff that you need to deal with and after that you will move forward yeah it's almost like like a turtle or like a yeah you just keep putting stuff behind you and behind you behind you eventually just weighs you down so much that absolutely yeah. it, it and will affect the whole dynamic of yeah. everyone else around you even though you're trying to move forward trying to move forward but you have to handle mm, that's why it's important to to realize that at some point and say okay stop i have to some stuff to think about and i have some time to take for myself to deal with that and come back with uh, my full strength and full even stronger yeah yeah because you, you'll learn and you'll absolutely you'll grow as a person yeah. let's talk about um i had something then i lost it drink <laughs> sure here cheers i i know that what you do for a job i find that very interesting mm-hmm. when you're not on the road so let's talk about your lyrics because i know the two things tie in together mm-hmm. so um how do you approach writing lyrics what is your goal when you sit down to write a song actually so I work in psychiatry for 16 years now 16 uh, years 16 years wow. as a nurse I started psychiatry right after school also kind of hazard because uh, I wasn't very interested in uh, psychiatry but there was a new department just opening and I thought it could be a good experience to start uh, dealing with a brand new Uh, department and uh, I fell in love with psychiatry because I found it interesting very very fast and uh, when now we've been united I, I inject a lot of my work in being united but I also inject a lot of music in my uh, in my <laughs> job so it's a very good balance <laughs> but when uh, about the lyrics in being united I I know that uh, mental illness is a very, very common subject in the death metal lyrics, but most of the time when I try to read some lyrics, I only see all the cliches that you can find also in the in the horror movie and which really don't match with the reality of the of the sickness. That's why in Benighted I try to propose uh, lyrics which are very close from reality and also not showing the person with psychiatric pathologies like uh, potential serial killers or, mm, uh, monster. or monsters or anything but uh, understand that at first these people are dangerous for themselves and that they are very vulnerable and they are in my opinion the most vulnerable one so that's why in benighted in And, um, you can see a lot of violence in benighted lyrics but in uh, any of my concepts you will find someone who not someone else but himself hmm. yeah it's um, it's hard to not be cliche in death metal of course it is because you know there's so many bands there's so many songs that have been written it's hard yeah. to be original it's hard to find your own voice mm, so true. I find that you found this voice is very 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 interesting and that it ties in with your job is just awesome yeah, yeah actually also because I, uh, as I have uh, several uh, several kinds of, uh, of vocals it's, it underlines perfectly the, the different the different symptoms and different allu- um, audio hallucinations you can have in uh, 
some kind of psychosis or schizophrenia also of course do you have like a, a lyric book that you work from like what do when you sit down to write a song you start fresh uh, I, i always have the same process i write a whole story about something inspired from my work uh, a patient story or something of course I don't stick very close to mm-hmm. history because I don't want to use my patients for that and there's also the medical secret as well but I I first write all the all the story and then I try to find the interesting episodes in the story from the childhood how he fell sick what happened after and blah 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 some symptoms in particular and then I uh, I put them like title songs or just uh, this will be this will be a, a song this will be another song blah 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 and uh, I never write lyrics before uh, decided what I wanted to do with the vocals mm-hmm. I always start singing in French we say yaourt you know like yeah. without lyrics to uh, to be totally free about what I want to do uh, in, with the rhythm of the song what, what kind of vocals I want and uh, after that I make the lyrics fit to the uh, to the vocal uh, ID I yeah got. yeah your pattern yeah. let's say yeah that's, that's interesting that's a, I, I've done both I've gone written and then placed them and yeah. I've done yelled yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then written to that and I'm not sure which I like better recently I've just been sort of just writing stuff and making it fall into place and mm-hmm. for the new EP it just sort of happened mm-hmm. so I didn't argue with it but uh, it's always complicated to uh figure out what's exactly best for you absolutely but if, actually I do, I, for me it's comfortable I, maybe if I come up with some lyrics already written I will find a way to place them in the song uh, which could be also catchy or, or effective I, I don't know I never tried it so well what is like a typical day at work for you you say you work as a nurse in a psychiatric hospital yeah so you're there to care for the patients yeah. or more secure make sure they're secure or uh, actually so I worked in a crisis center for 14 years and uh, for two years now I work in a in an hospital where the patients are only uh, daily hospitalized okay. they arrived at uh, Uh, nine and they live at four and uh, they are quite stabilized about their pathologies but we work on everything that psychosis damage uh, like uh, the cognitive uh, system like uh, imaginary like uh, try to make them move Hmm. Because the thing is that they, they have uh, there are many lacks of uh, energy or just uh, uh, impulse to do things, and uh, just taking a shower, for example, can can be like a huge mountain to cross mm-hmm. for several of them. So we work uh, we work on this. We try to work on their um, alive uh, side of their personality uh, to to fight against the, the pathologic ones. Do you, do you feel that there's a correlation between being having this job and being in front of a crowd, like making a crowd move and? Yeah, but, uh, yeah probably. <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. No, no, maybe. Because because I take care of little kids at home. I work in daycare, and I find yeah, that the two jobs are similar but yet different. Yeah. You know, I want a crowd to move and be crazy, and I yeah. want. But let's think, yeah, my daycare kids to be calm and <laughs> organized. <laughs> but it's the same, like observation of a crowd um, you have the same role yeah calling out mm-hmm. certain people you can see in a crowd who is going to be like a leader of a mosh pit sure and yeah, then you encourage yeah. that person to move and boom you have a mosh pit going yeah yeah, no. yeah it's a bit the same yeah, you're kind of a you're kind of a leader and you you bring them into your dynamic and you say hey you're part of the team as well and let's do it together and that's it and yeah. it works it's the same that yeah, yeah, is the night that the crowds have been it's the same yeah. off, off, off the hook for you guys every night yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true yeah thanks bro if you could book book your dream tour for Benighted and it can't be this one. Oh my god it's it's tough to be tough <laughs> Bands, bands that are alive, bands that are non-active. Who would be the perfect tour for Benighted? Oh, perfect lineup. I don't know. There is one band I never had the chance to to tour with, and that I'm absolute fan. It's Cattle Decapitation. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I really love Cattle Decapitation's music, also tra- Travis' vocals, and uh, I even never saw them live. I never had the chance to see them live because every time we had we had some festival together, it was never the same day. Mm-hmm. We never had the chance to meet, and uh, actually. Actually, Cattle Decapitation will be a part of the lineup, I think. But of course, touring with Aborted, I, I mean, with Sven, we talk about it for 
I don't know, 10, 10, 15 years. And it had never happened before this? It never this? happened. We, we tried to organize some tools, but every time there was something like the the, the schedule was not good, um, another tool was showing up, and we had to, to cancel it, and finally it happened. So when I, when I learned that you were also on the tour with us, when I, he told me, yeah, CryptoZoo will be a powerful tool, I was like, oh my God, that's so fucking cool. Because I, I, I'm a huge fan of CryptoZoo for... I know. I think I started to listen to listen to Cryptopsy with uh, with the Whisper Supremacy album. So it's a pretty long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I have one of my best friends who's an absolute fan of you, and we, we were listening to to your to your albums uh, every weekend. And so uh, for me, this, that's why it's very difficult because this too for me is already my dream too. <laughs> <laughs> so if Cattle Decapitation would like to join, we would be happy. <laughs> well, they only have to bring a few members because Ollie's already here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will set some spot in the two of us. That's just perfect. What is the worst thing? that's ever happened to you on tour wow the worst thing on tour I think you have to think about it because I don't I don't remember you're, what too, you're too positive that's why probably you just turn it around probably <laughs> I think I had this very shitty experience uh, after Metal Days we played a, a show in Frankfurt uh, it was in July so the German highways instead of 6 or 7 hours driving turned to 12 hours driving uh. and we arrived I don't know maybe 30 minutes before the show and the promoter was already drunk <laughs> and uh, he welcomed us. I think we, we wanted to make a very quick sound check, and nothing was working. And the promoter came drunk on stage while we were sound checking to make to make his uh, albums uh, sign and something. I said, "Do you really think that's a good time?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the concert starts, and we had a lot of technical problems, so we were very, very not happy about our concert. At the end of the show, the promoter came to us and said, "Hey guys, I only have uh, half of the money that we discussed. Uh, I hope it's not a problem." <laughs> <laughs> what do you think <laughs> it's gonna be a problem <laughs> <laughs> and then he just left and uh, I was um, uh, Kevin Foley was drumming for us and Kevin Foley is the calmest person ever and I started to hear someone yell very loud and I was like who's screaming like that and actually it was Kevin but I, I never heard him scream so it was very strange and he was screaming something like, ah, you show some respect blah 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 and I said what the fuck and actually the guy was uh, was starting to say yeah I've been 18 fucking rock star they want all their money <laughs> so <laughs> Kevin was starting to be pissed so we started to be a bit how can I say that strict and uh, and uh, rude with the guy so he calmed down and then he brought us to the place we were supposed to sleep which was a cute apartment on the other side of the street so okay that's close that's good and when we arrived in the apartment we found some uh, <laughs> some mugs for example who, which were there for I don't know maybe two weeks without being watched so you had uh, you know this uh, decomposition stuff like mushrooms mold and stuff yeah that's it uh, that was perfect, and to um, to let you imagine the how clean the, the beds were, we decided to sleep on the floor. Yes, yes. So yeah, definitely. I think that was my worst experience uh, for a concert. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny now. Yeah, now it's funny. We can laugh about yeah. it, but it took one day or two yeah. before, we, before we, we, were, we were able to laugh about it. Let's get over that. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best Benighted show you've ever played? Best Benighted show? Wow. Well, you have tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yeah, all the festivals. and Yeah, yeah, really a lot. I think for me, the 20th anniversary uh, that we played this year in Lyon was a lot of emotions for me. And maybe it was not our best concert as tight or something, but it was really a huge party with very, really a lot of friends. Uh, a lot of uh, Sven came to sing mm-hmm. a song with us. There was also Niklas from Shining and uh, Arnaud, my friend from Black Bombay, a French band. Uh, also Ben from Unfathomable Ruination that you will see next week. I will meet him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, such a funny guy, you will see. And uh, it was like a huge party with family and friends. And uh, for me, that's what night is meant to it's to gather people together and have a good time together with brutal music in the background and share it together it's 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 crazy how 
the, the family aspect, the, the, the team. Yeah, if it's me. And, and, and at the fun. 20 years, you had all the previous members come out and yeah, play as well? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, I, I love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, we invited everyone, even the one that, where, with whom it, started, it ended pretty bad. Uh, with, uh, there are some members I have personal issues with, but uh, I talked with Olivier about it, and I told, um, I told him, yeah, but at some point, at some period, they, they brought something to be knighted, so it's not my... Uh, it's a celebration for the band it's not a celebration for me so uh, they have to get invited like anyone else uh, who brought something to the band and a lot of them showed up and it was very very good to see everyone together yes it's very mature of you yeah that's me and, 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 <laughs> and probably you know hypothetically a step towards some reconciliations maybe yeah but at least I'm, I'm very I'm in peace with myself and with them even if we don't keep that much of a contact there is no more bad blood or anger or anything which is already very good how, how did you hook up with the dude from The Shining because I see it being two separate worlds yeah yeah but uh, not that much because you know Nicholas in psychiatry <laughs> <laughs> But actually, Nicholas, for, for for people listening that don't know who Nicholas is, he sings for the band The Shining. Yeah, Shining from Sweden. Shining, not from, The Shining, because yeah, there's two of them. Yeah, yeah. Shining from Sweden. You have a black metal band and he's a jazz black metal band. He's known for cutting himself on stage yeah. and bleeding and being strange would be yeah strange it's the politi- <laughs> it's the okay let's say that politically correct things yeah <laughs> so he's an interesting dude he is yeah, yeah. how did you meet up with him uh, actually I met him once at some festival a few, many years ago and uh, when we wrote Carnival Sublime the song Spit I really imagine his vocals on it and uh, Gunnar uh, Zauerman was working for Season of Mist uh, at this period and uh, I, um, I knew that he Nicholas was a close friend uh, to him so I asked him can you get in contact with him and see if he could be interested and so Gunnar contacted him he told him yeah do you know Benighted so yeah of course I know that. and uh, he said yeah they, they would want to, you to make some guest vocals if it's possible uh, lyrics are about psychiatry blah 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 Julian is a nurse and so Nicholas got a bit interested about this uh, this psychiatric aspect of, uh, of the lyrics and everything so he got in contact with me and uh, I remember it was funny because when um, when I I got in contact with him I, I said so I send you the song and you, you record the, your parts you send it to me and blah 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 I said what if it's possible I would like to come to the studio with you <laughs> when I told that to the other United guys that because they, we, we didn't know Nicholas that well so the only things that we knew was the reputation mm-hmm. he got yeah. so the guys were like oh my god he will come to the studio <laughs> we can't sleep <laughs> but when we called him at the airport it was a very very nice guy very calm we started to talk very fast uh, about my job and the uh, and his personal issues and uh, and there's some kind of trust and friendship who started to uh, install itself between us and uh, we became friends and after that we saw each other many many times um, he came to record the video clip of the song six months after we had a huge party after that <laughs> and uh, it's I find it very cool that these both worlds totally different I guess mm-hmm. Nicholas is more of a um, depressive black metal with satanic things uh, and blah 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 and we are death metal party music, yeah. Yeah. party Psychiatry, family party yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it matches it, mm. match- it matches perfectly and uh, every every occasion we have to see each other we we just do that's good that's yeah good. that's nice <laughs> No, Nicholas is really. I'm very a huge fan of his work. He's an amazing singer. Uh, he, I feel so many emotions uh, towards his vocals that uh, I, I really have a lot of respect for for the artist mm-hmm. in Nicholas. Because and he's, he's authentic. Yeah, it's not a absolutely. But it comes or... directly for. I mean, Nicholas likes to show. Okay, he is he is, he is a showman. Uh, in any occasion he is a showman but everything that's uh, got into the music and the lyrics and uh, and his vocals comes really from the inside and I find it very genius hmm. very. do you have any guilty music vices guilty music vices well, it would be like uh, music which is not death metal that you listen oh. to oh my god the uh, most surprising thing on your on my discography I'm yeah uh, what could it be because I, have, I don't listen a lot of music except from metal well there is this French singer called Mylène Farmer 
I don't like everything, but some songs are okay. And I feel very ashamed about it. <laughs> but for the rest, no, I don't see, I don't see anything else which I could be ashamed of. I think I could be ashamed of many things, but not that. <laughs> so who do you think is the next big metal band coming up on the scene? Ah, actually, I'm uh, I'm very confident about uh, our brothers from Cytotoxin because I think they have something pretty unique about their uh, concept. Chernobyl, everything is very coherent for, to, the, towards the what you see on stage, uh, the, the artworks, even the, the the sound of the guitars. Everything is so personal about this Chernobyl concept that I think it can. We see, we see the reactions of the crowd every night, mm-hmm. and they're, ju- they're just opening and uh, I find it pretty uh, with um, okay I say that promiseful yeah. It's okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I think every night everybody will remember cyto- cytotoxin saying oh, yeah cytotoxin that the Chernobyl guys with <laughs> the, the big muscle guys with uh, these incredible vocals and the blah, 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 blah. and the gas masks yeah. Yeah, yeah I think they have a very interesting concept and pretty unique and uh, if they continue to push it like this, yeah. People, there are so many bands. I think the one, who are, the ones who are the most, uh, a very easily recognizable personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cytotoxin has it. They have a very good quality music, and they have this concept. Yeah. Many bands can play a very good music. If there is no, people wants to see a show now. That's they, true. They, they, they need to see something on stage, particular to remember, because there are so many bands that they need to get their attention at some point and I think Cytotoxin does it pretty well especially as an opener on a absolutely you know a big it's package already, it's yeah. already amazing to yeah. to have this this quality of a band as, a, as an opening band for, mm. uh, for a tour that's why the tour is what it is absolutely all four bands and we see that from the crowd because people yeah. arrive very early because they don't want to miss Cytotoxin mm-hmm. so that's fucking cool yeah what is uh, the hardest thing about touring uh, for me, it's the quality of the uh, bank because of my back. Okay. But it's just because I'm, my back is fucked up, so it's it's hard, but it's okay anyway. Is that why you wake up early every day? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wake up early and then uh, I try to take a nap a bit uh, later when I can, but I don't need that much of a sleep. But yeah, because of my back, I'm awake pretty, pretty early and... Uh, the bank is, uh, I'm happy, uh, we'll be happy to find my bed <laughs> when I will be back home. We're, we're approaching the end. Yeah. Well, what is the thing that you will miss the most? About all of you guys. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the concerts are fucking cool, but I like I, I like to see uh, to, to see you all in the mornings. Hey, guys, are like, they're like a family. I, it I, is. I, yeah, I really yeah. love this, uh, this uh, atmosphere between us and... Um, uh, the brotherhood that uh, that uh, appeared during this tour, even if we, we never had the chance to tour each other, and uh, I, I knew a bit Chris and Oli because I met them before at some festival, but we never had the chance to talk together, and all of you guys are just fucking adorable, and we, everyone with his own personality, and everyone is so simple, and... Uh, yeah, I will miss you guys. <laughs> yeah, there's no egos. It will be strange because uh, everyone listening at home, this tour ends in about four or five shows, and then Aborted and Cryptopsy continue on to the UK, but we got two more bands jumping into the bus. Yeah. So it's going to be a different dynamic switch. I'm sure it's going to go fine, but I always have my reservations about what if, you know, the unknown... Ah, uh, you never know. Yeah. That's the thing we, we, uh, when you tour, especially when you tour several weeks, is that everyone at first can show the best side of his personality, but in a tour bus, uh, after one week, personality starts to reveal themselves. That's true. And uh, <laughs> you, you can easily... Uh, understand who you are dealing with or not yeah and again it's, it's very easy to get annoyed yeah the, uh, by actually, little yeah, personality of traits and of course, of course. but it didn't it didn't happen in this no, tour, so no, no no that's what's fucking cool what does benighted have coming up next uh, next we will have to write new stuff because we, we want to go back to to studio in uh, like September next year so we have to write new stuff and we are not this kind of band who can uh, write new stuff and to at the same time we need to take a break and focus on the writing process so December and January will be a lot for new songs and uh, after that we have some festivals and uh, I think that's pretty much that's all I think when when will Benighted get the chance to come to 
North America. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's, it's never happened, if no, I remember. And yeah. we need to talk about it during this tour. <laughs> we already started. Wink, wink, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the issues that kept you away from the States? I have no idea about it. We we have some uh, proposition to to come there, but uh, as I told you, United is my passion and not my job. And if I want to sacrifice one month of my holidays uh, that I can have with my family and uh, my friends and everything, uh, I heard a lot of uh, about the how difficult it is to tour in the U.S. And I don't want to spend a month of holidays in the U.S and come back home totally disgusted about touring music and stop the band <laughs> because of that so we waited for a tour with good conditions and uh, well we will see when it will happen but we have time we have time we don't as i tell you it's not it's not our job it's mm-hmm. my passion so if it's this year it's perfect if it's next year it would be perfect as well i am not impatient so you guys are almost lucky that you're from france because you do get a lot of vacation versus other countries no i think so yeah how many weeks Uh, normally, I think it's uh, it's normally it's five weeks, but we have lots of days uh, that we can personal catch, days. Yeah, personal, that See, that's can. very very different than yeah. Even Canada, yeah. Canada, we we have it very very good, but it's like three weeks starting, yeah. if not two weeks starting in most places. In the states, it's much 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 less than that. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's 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 almost like a blessing that so United is from lucky. France. Yeah, we are very lucky about it, of course. Well, thank you for sitting down with me. Thank you, my friend. We drank a good little beer, the American IPA from Azimut. I enjoyed it from the beginning to the end. And uh, I'm going to miss you when you're gone. (laughs) Me too, buddy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Matt. All the best. You too. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. Vox and Hops episode number 17 with Julien. I am just so excited to get back out on the road with Benighted. Um, just while I was sitting down and editing this podcast, uh, we were like going through all the details of the tour coming up. And uh, I just, you know, I, whenever I edit these podcasts, I have like a flashback of the interviews. We were sitting on the bus, our tour bus outside of the venue in Copenhagen. And uh, that show was such a great show. And I was just having like this pure flashback moment. I'm looking forward to having the chance to be around Julian again and the rest of the Mighted Boys, so a cheers to all of them. Next week on the podcast is uh, another interview which I did in Hell Over Europe, and this time it is with a fellow Montrealer, a uh, Quebecois, who happens to have uh, also have been the singer for Cryptopsy. Back in, you know, early 2000s, after Mike DeSalvo left and before Lord Worm came back, there was another Cryptopsy singer, and he was on a CD called None So Live, which was a live recording of a set which happened at the medley here in Montreal. And that singer's name is Martin Lacroix. Martin Lacroix is an excellent death metal vocalist. And uh, we sit down, we talk about his time in Cryptopsy. He's not only a death metal screamer, he is also an excellent, excellent tattoo artist. To go into all the details of how he started tattooing people and his inspirations. And we, you know, we touch on all of that. So check all that out next week on Vox and Hops, episode number 18 with Martin Lacroix. Cheers. I hope you guys all have a great weekend you enjoy the rest of your week you guys drink your beers out there drink some great beers tell me what you're drinking let me know uh, you know give me some suggestions i'm heading down to the states so i'll be able to get more access to some great beers if you're up here in montreal tell me what you like and uh, i'll try to see if it's on par with what i like if you have any suggestions if you want to become a sponsor for the show if you have any questions just hit me up at matt at voxandhops.com i'm wishing you all the best weekend cheers Drink some beers and have fun. Be safe. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, 
you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.